Society seems to think ADHD is some sort of curse, yet when properly managed, it provides superpowers that are an absolute gift and enable great things. This week, I bring in a special guest, my high-performance coach who specializes in entrepreneurs with ADD slash ADHD like me, to talk about why that is and what it takes to get away from the so-called monsters that are created by society dealing with our neurological types. I'm Randy Cassingham. Welcome to Uncommon Sense. When I announced I was taking the first season of the podcast down for a revamp, listeners begged that I not remove certain episodes. So I'm redoing them. This one was at the top of the list. It's about how ADD made This Is True possible. So here is that interview recorded in early October 2017. I've made allusions here and there to ADD slash ADHD or attention deficit disorder or the newer term attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. I've known for many years that I have ADD, the term I prefer since I don't have any hyperactivity, and that ADDers are common in emergency medicine and as entrepreneurs. In fact, Dr. Edward Hallowell, a psychiatrist who has ADD himself, wonders, do all entrepreneurs have ADHD? So I've invited a high-performance coach who specializes in ADD slash ADHD to talk about this. She happens to be my own main business coach and... Why don't you just go ahead and introduce yourself? Okay. I am Randy's shorter half, also known as Kit Cassingham. Also known as my wife. Oh, yeah. That, too. Yeah. Did you know we've been married for just over 16 years now? I actually did notice that because, you know, I sent you... Beautiful flowers that still smell heavenly. While I was out of town, so I didn't even forget even though I was on the road to JPL. I know, that's fun, isn't it? So, yes, I knew that. Did you know that we've been together for more than 20 years? Almost 20 years. Uh Uh-oh. I know. I just screwed that up, didn't I? (laughs) Well, no, you could just make it sound like it's been forever. It feels like forever. (laughs) And it feels like yesterday. It sort of does. So let's talk about ADD and what we can use those terms interchangeably. One of the things I don't like about the term is the last letter stands for disorder. You know, I've had some difficulties with ADD in my life. You know, I had the classic thing that when I was a kid in school... Report cards always said I was daydreaming and stuff like that because I was bored. But once I had some tools that I just kind of came up with myself, I actually thought that ADD was an absolute gift. It was something that really enabled my success, both when I worked for JPL and as an entrepreneur. So I don't like the term disorder. and I'm, My understanding is that some of the researchers in the field are, are not liking that term, but it's kind of cemented in stone now and they're just going with it. But you don't see it as a disorder either, do you? I don't see it as a disorder. It is something different. I've worked with people with disabilities for several decades now, and many of them don't like to see their physical limitations as disabilities. I think this fits into that same discussion. 
some people who coach and talk about ADD are starting, they call it a hunter type rather than a farmer type because they don't like the disorder aspect either. And it's not just attention deficit. Uh, sometimes it is an intention deficit. What does that mean? That means that they don't have enough intention with what they're doing for the follow through or something. I mean, there are. You mean like psyching themselves up? I think they don't psych themselves up. They just go with the flow, so their intention just kind of flows away. I have seen numerous alternative phrases for ADD. People don't often don't like being pigeonholed. They don't they don't want to be called um, somebody with ADD any more than they want to be called bipolar or an alcoholic. But I think it's important to give something a name so you have at least a solid term for discussing it and learning to manage it. You know, a name is what you, it takes on the energy that you give it. I have just decided to call people with ADD, ADDers. It's letters. It is not a deficit. It is not a problem. It is just a term. Okay. For example, when you, you talked about tools and all that. So when I first really noticed that I was ADD was when I was at JPL. It was a very stimulating, interesting place to work. So mostly I didn't have a difficulty with it. So when I was in that environment, I considered ADD kind of a superpower because it enabled me to have absolutely intense focus. I could get things done in, you know, a quarter to a third the time of other people. And people thought I was a miracle worker. Mm -hmm. You know, can you do this job for me? I really need it by Friday. It's only Tuesday. I'll have this for you tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> but conversely, when I was looking at the clock, I said, okay, I've got 20 minutes to the staff meeting. I can get something done in that time. So I would start working and I would be so focused that about, you know, 30 minutes later, my boss would call me on the phone and say, are you coming to the staff meeting? So I realized pretty quickly that I was going to get in trouble if I didn't do something about this. And we didn't have smartphones back then. Didn't even have Palm Pilots, I don't think. What I did have, or what I was able to get, was this Casio databank watch where I could put alarms in it up to a year in advance and say, what day and time does this alarm go off? And then what scrolls across the top of the face of the watch? I mean, you could literally put words in. I just put in Monday at 10 o'clock, staff meeting. And, you know, I'd give myself an extra five minutes. So it was actually 9.55. It would go off and I'd look at the watch and say, well, what do you want? Oh, staff meeting time. So that gave me enough time to get my stuff together and be there on time. So I just used technology to overcome the limitation. That's a really good way of handling it. And I urge people to find ways that work for them to get themselves. Re they need reminders. Time is real fluid with ADDers. I call it a time warp. Sometimes time stretches on forever. If you're bored, especially. Well, for example, when I, anytime I traveled to and from Boulder, because that's where I grew up, Highway 36, which I've always called the turnpike, that was the longest part of the trip, even if I was driving to Boston, because that was a time warp. I knew it well. It took forever. But what you're talking about when you were at JPL with, oh, I have 20 minutes, I can get this done, time disappears, it evaporates, it shrinks. That's the hyper-focus part of ADD, which is also fun. 
So you said that you had a time warp problem with driving in the turnpike. Does that mean you're ADD also? I discovered about six months ago that I am. And it was invisible to me because I led a very structured life until I met you. (laughs) And I think that's because my mom had ADD. and, And like you, she learned early on how to keep it managed and in check. And that just flowed to us kids. It might have had something to do with having five children too. I don't know. But I kept that regimen all through grade school, high school, college, through my work career, even when I was self-employed. I would get up, I would get dressed in my professional clothes, I'd have coffee and breakfast and read the paper, and I would go to my office and work. I was in my office from 8 to 5. People kept saying, you're self-employed, you can do what you want. No, I work 8 to 5 and I play, you know, evenings and weekends. That worked well. But you have a fairly unstructured life, and I wanted to meld our lives better, and my structure dissolved, evaporated. And that's part of what I like about being an entrepreneur is that, you know, I can come in late if I want. I can take a two-hour lunch if I want to meet somebody or uh, do something, and then I can work late if I want. I tend to work probably 60 to 75 hours a week, so 8 to 5 doesn't really work for me anyway. But I have my own internal structure, I think, that may not serve me completely well. And that's why you're trying to coach me on some more high-performance habits. But you've been a a consultant and then later a certified high-performance coach. But you've added ADD kind of in response to your your own discovery that your ADD and, and my ADD is kind of affecting things. It was the full menu of what your ADD provided our relationship. And it was me reading about that. So I wouldn't be surprised by things that you would do and I could understand them. So So you're already, you were already a high performance coach at that time, but where I was going with that, what, and that's my ADD jumping in here. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe mine too. Is that the very things that I coach high performers with uh, about are the same things that help ADDers manage their symptoms. It's the structure, strategies, and self-care that make all the difference in the world of whether you've managed your ADD or it runs rampant over you. I sometimes call it uh, taming your monster into a trained dragon. One thing that one of my readers who's an alcoholism expert and addiction expert thinks that most of the shall we call them ill behaviors we see in this is true stories can be just traced right back to substance abuse or mm-hmm. or addiction in in particular i i think you probably have something to say about this because i'll bet that you think some of it has to do with add and not managing their lives with that they're not necessarily substance abusers um i've actually spoken with this person you're referring to on that very topic because an addictive personality is one of the characteristics of having ADD. The addictions can be more than just alcohol and drugs. It can be food, which is a type of drug, but sex, gambling, internet. Um, no, not the internet. Oh, I know. It's <laughs> terrifying. But it, I think it, Facebook is a major addiction. It is, but even telephones. I mean, you go out to dinner and everybody at the table is checking email, playing games, 
Um, checking Facebook. Fa- checking <laughs> Facebook or, or other social media. They need to know what I'm having for dinner, and I want to take a picture As and share it. As if anybody cares. But, I mean, I do think that even the games people play on their various social medias, their phones, are other addictions. I've suffered that where I didn't want to work, so I would play Mahjong all on in my computer for hours on end. I now know what that's all about. What's that all about? That is my ADD taking over. It's bored with what I'm doing. So rather than me inspiring it to do other things, getting hooked onto more exciting things, it does that. It numbed me out. So I'm, I'm not sure you actually answered my question about, you know, you, you read This Is True every week. You see those stories. Do you think that some of these are more about people with ADD than addiction or... Or does one lead to another? Or what do you think about that? I think addiction and ADD can be tightly interwoven. A lot of ill behavior from boredom or drugs, and we'll throw alcohol in there, can be very much related to ADD. There's one conjecture, I think Ed Hallowell says this, that a lot of the people in prison and in jails are ADDers who haven't found constructive outlets. And that could be true of drug addiction as well. They haven't found a constructive outlet. So rather than manage their ADD, they go for the drugs to stimulate their brain. And then they have to keep doing that over and over again until it becomes a problem. Which actually reminds me that we didn't really talk about what ADD is. Ah. So why is it they need the stimulation of their brain? ADD is a neurological situation. ADDers and I'm simplifying this, they don't have enough dopamine receptors. So ADDers need more dopamine to do what others do naturally and easily. Okay, but back up a little bit. What is dopamine? Dopamine is a chemical produced in the brain. It's a neurotransmitter, and it affects the part of the brain that is reward-centered, motivation-centered. So ADDers do things without knowing it to boost that dopamine for the reward. So that's where the drug problem comes in. And, and drugs aren't necessarily, you know, cocaine or stuff like that. I mean, caffeine, Red Bull. Well, and sugar. Ginseng. Oh, sugar, yeah. I mean, I have quit eating sugar. I'm on day like 93 of no sugar, and it's a lifelong style for me. And as you know, I I used to use tremendous doses of sugar to focus myself, and when I reduced my sugar intake, that's when I started yeah. having problems. Well, and you have gone to a little bit of stevia. I can't even do that because I have such a sugar addiction that a little that of that sweetness just triggers my sugar craving. So I'm finding I shouldn't do dates and figs because of the same reaction. Because those are sweet tasting too. They're sweet tasting. Huh. Um, but thrill seeking. I mean, you see skydivers. Yeah. Um, that's where the EMT is the first responder. And you know, they've got that rush of adrenaline, which boosts dopamine. And Ex- focus. I mean, w- sure. It's one of the things that I think that attracts people like me to EMS is that really hairy situation. Actually, instead of freaks us out, you notice I become very calm because I'm getting really focused. Your voice gets deeper, too. Only when I'm on duty. Yes, exactly. That's part of it. So another um, aspect of this is that exercise increases that dopamine. So a lot of athletes have ADD, and it's that physical activity that satisfies 
that reward and the adrenaline. It, it's a management tool and a reward tool. And you actually brought with you a list of people that have ADD or had a ADD. Yeah, if they're dead, they don't have it anymore. Probably not. They're probably pretty focused now. But people like, speaking of dead people, Elvis Presley, John Lennon. Right. Stevie Wonder, who is not dead. Cher, Harry Belafonte. So that's uh, some of the singers. Well, and a lot of actors. Uh, I mean, so you've mentioned some of the musician performer types, but other performers would include uh, Dustin Hoffman and Steve McQueen. Oh, and your favorite, Emma Watson. I do like Emma. Yeah. Uh, Jack Nicholson. And now, I didn't know who this person is, but I love the quote. And can I share that one? Sure. Alexis Hernandez, a TV chef, said that when adults with ADD realize they are blessed and gifted, they're going to be unstoppable. And I think that just goes right into the entrepreneurs. So part of my point in bringing up these names, Jim Carrey's another one, uh, Sly Stallone, Woody Harrelson. So the reason I want to bring them up is that's why I don't like the term disorder for this. I think if you talk to most of these people, and a lot of them actually brag about having ADD mm -hmm. or they consider it the key to their success, is that they're not held back by this. They're enabled by it. Well, and my point is when you manage ADD, it is a gift. It's wonderful. I mean, you are, are unstoppable. You have superpowers other people, you know, mere humans don't have. And that's what I love. But still, you're, you find, I've, I've heard you talk about this, that sometimes when you talk to people about ADD, they really resist the idea that they can't possibly have, oh, my mom had that, but I don't. Talk about that a little bit. Well, first of all, it's genetic. So if your mom and or dad or worse yet, both, had ADD, you've got a really high chance of having it. But I was in a workshop. It doesn't mean you're broken. No, it doesn't. Uh, it's nothing to be ashamed of. I was at a workshop this weekend, and the group kind of, they all agreed that I should quit using the term ADD because well, people don't like to to relate to that. They don't want to associate with that. They don't let, just talk about the symptoms and let them self-reflect. And I think that reflects the disorder word instead of the gift word that, like you said, this is a superpower. This I readily and clearly say this enabled, this is true to happen. That incredible focus where I was writing sometimes 30 and 40 hours a week doing this is true, Stella Awards, heroic stories, while also writing honorary unsubscribe and running jumbo joke and all this stuff. There's only one way I could do all that and keep it up week after week, year after year was because I had that superpower where I could just intensely focus because ADD made me interested in that. I got a big dopamine rush doing all this stuff. Because you're doing something you loved. Exactly. And that's, you know, I say I designed my job. That's what I designed it. I designed it so I would do something I'd love. You know, people ask me, what are the symptoms? In what are the symptoms? In many ways, they're asking me, what are the challenges of ADD? And the, the three primary symptoms or challenges are being restless or hyperactive. Which I don't have. And you no, don't, you don't. And you don't necessarily have to have that. People can be restless without being hyperactive, which is an interesting... Because I am restless. I, I don't like... If, if I'm if ready to do something, 
I want to get going and do it. Or if you're bored, you you check out, and that's restless. Right. Um, but being impulsive, that is another symptom or challenge. And being distractible. You hear people say, sparkly or squirrel, butterfly. That's something in one of my masterminds we say. It, it's uh, a joke, um, but, but it's, it's, it, it's based it, in reality. Yes, it is. So what I would like to... The reason you've got one of your superpowers... There's a, there's a wonderful list of strengths that ADDers can have. Um, they're really creative... Uh, imaginative, innovative people. You innovated and you are imaginative. Creative doesn't mean an artist, sculptor, painter, or musician. I think inventors. In, I think um, electrical engineers are very creative, figuring out new ways of using electricity or all the people who came up with quantum mechanics. That is creative to uh, take a really elusive concept and create something that then people have to go out and prove. Oh, like I was talking about a couple episodes ago, the, the gravity assists of how to send Cassini out when, when the spacecraft was too heavy to get there on any rocket we had. So they used gravity assist looping it around planets for several years, the slingshot effect before it got there. That's creative. Yes, it is. So when people, when my clients say to me, Oh, I'm not creative. I say, oh, really? Well, what about this? Well, that doesn't count. And by the time I'm finished with the list of creative things they've done, they're going, well, maybe I am creative. And sometimes do they say, well, maybe I am ADD? Yeah, I had one client say, she sat down and said, I I don't have ADD. But within an hour, she's going, well, maybe I do. And our coaching helped propel her to a more satisfying, energizing day of creativity. Because that's part of the how you stay creative and focused. You've got to take breaks. And I keep telling you this. You need to take an hourly break. You need to get outside and move. And the outside's important because the sunshine does things for your body and your brain that you can't get just inside. And you need to hydrate. You need to move. You need to change the scenery so that you can be energized so that you get through the day of creativity without slumping into your chair going, I'm exhausted. And I have a lot of friends and clients who do that. I've seen you do that sometimes. Sometimes. And I maintain, I mean, I don't do that very often at all. And it's because I take the frequent breaks. I know that is my secret weapon. Driving home from California, that's quite a haul. It's about 1,100 miles. Early on in that trip, I mean, I I did that all in 26 hours. It was about 1,150 miles from California to home. And fairly early in the trip, I found I was just dragging. So I I stopped for for fuel for, for both the car and for me. And one of the things I did is I went for a walk. It's like, yeah, I really want to be on the road. But I don't want to fall asleep and crash either. So I I went walking for about 20 minutes and pretty brisk walk. And I found that when I got back on the road, I was a lot less tired. Yeah. I mean, I've discovered that numerous times. I remember summer year ago that I had a 17-hour car trip. And it was my habit to stop every hour and take a, a... I had to get my steps in so that my... Vivo Fit wouldn't squawk at me. And so I got my over 10,000 steps in every day. But I also realized, I mean, and that's, I kept telling you about this, that I, I arrived home after 17 hours of driving 
And I was actually refreshed and ready to go. I didn't need to collapse. I wasn't exhausted. So you've just confirmed what I learned last year. And I think that's pretty cool. And this is something you tell your clients anyway, whether they're ADD or not. I mean, I've, yeah. you, you've been a, a business consultant for 20, longer than we've known each other. 25 years, yeah. So yeah, so and at least I, 25 years. And when I was coaching innkeepers, I especially said to them, you're giving all the time. You have to take care of yourself. You have to refuel. And otherwise you have nothing to give. Right. And so my point is that this isn't really necessarily anything to do with ADD. So what helps people with ADD also helps pretty much anybody. Mere humans. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, some of the other fun, I think their fun strengths is people with ADD tend to be a little more intuitive and empathetic. That which fits me. I think that supports being an entrepreneur. Uh, they're wonderful self-learners. So they say, I need to learn to do that. And they can sit down and do it if, if they so choose. When I first started This Is True, I had to, you couldn't buy the tools like for sending emails to 100,000 people. There was a couple of packages that broke down after 10,000. And I grew past 10,000 in like mm. six weeks. It was crazy. So I actually had to learn some Unix stuff so I could batch up my email list of you know subsets of 10,000 people and send them out 10,000 at a time. I had to learn, you know, command line stuff to do that. And it wasn't a big deal. I just sat down and learned it. That's right. the nice thing about working at a really techie place, JPL, that I had all sorts of geeks around me. But you know what? I, I never actually consulted with the geeks because I had books there. So I just did it. Well, and that touches on one of the challenges ADDers can have. And that is having so many interests and, so, and enjoying so many things that they pick up a lot of projects and they may not finish them all and they get distracted from their main thing. So keeping the main thing the main thing is a, can be a big challenge for an add -er. And that's why I gave up Stella Awards, Jumbo Joke, and several other of my side projects. I spun heroic stories off to a different publisher et cetera, et cetera, right. just to make sure I kept the main thing, the main thing, as you put it. I want to explore a few myths about ADD. And one is you don't outgrow it. If you had ADD as a kid, you still have it. You're right. You, you don't outgrow it. If you are clever and lucky, you've come up with coping mechanisms. Or if you have a good coach, maybe. Good coach, um, great parents. Um, a lot of a lot of ways. I mean, good teachers can all help you create the structure, or your own ADD cleverness will help you come up with coping mechanisms. Which leads me to the second myth: you don't just develop ADD. I mean, some people don't know that they're. You realize at a late age you had ADD, but you didn't know it since your mother, who had even more challenges with it than you ever did, figured out how to overcome it with structure. Right now. From first grade on, I was comments from teachers were kid has a very short attention span. But yeah, I didn't, I did not know it until re very recently. You don't just develop ADD. You've got it now. You had it then. However, I will say that with our constant contact society, the high tech, that people are developing ADD-like symptoms, which can confuse diagnoses. Only. About 5% of the population actually has ADD, maybe up to 8%.
But I think uh, numbers are indicating we've got in the teens and 20% of the population with ADD. That I don't buy. That leads me right to, to my next one, which is I think ADD is both overdiagnosed and underdiagnosed. I think it's kind of a fad that it's like, oh, this kid is high energy, so we need to put him on drugs. Kids are high energy, period. Well, they're become that. That's another problem, though. They're taking recess and breaks away from kids. All humans need breaks. They need to run that energy off. So we're creating monsters with our children, giving them ADD-like symptoms. But you're right. The kids are energetic. But at the same time, they're underdiagnosed. That when they really do have a problem, it's like. Yeah, that's not anything. I mean, that's just a fad. It's not really a real syndrome that we need to actually take them to the doctor for. And I think that's even more sad. Well, and I'm an an example of an underdiagnosed case. Meds are definitely overprescribed these days. But there are natural ways of managing ADD. You don't have to have meds. Some ADD uh, symptoms are much more intense and do need medications. And then do you need the proper diet, the exercise, enough sleep, all of that to help manage it? You can't just use meds. Can't use just meds. And if you've gotten really old before you got the diagnosis, you're going to need to learn some coping mechanisms, social skills. new habits. New habits, yeah. You're not taking meds, even though you now realize you're ADD. You've used, basically, you've coached yourself. I coached myself back into productivity. I've been working on a a clean diet for quite a few years now anyway. So dropping the sugar is the last big thing I'll do. Though I did add uh, L-tyrosine, which is an amino acid acid to help boost my focus. Because some days... I would try so hard. It's kind of like squinting. After a while, your eyes and your brain get tired of squinting. I was My brain was tired of focusing, and I was treading water and not going anywhere. The tyrosine's helping. So it's not a med, but it's a boost. Right. And squinting reminds me that, you know, we don't think that people are weak because they need glasses. I mean, if, if you can't see to drive... You're going to wear glasses. So if you can't... Or to read. If you can't think clearly, why not take meds? I do have a prescription for meds, but I don't have to take them every day. When don't you take them? I know when I need them and when I don't, and if I don't need the stimulation. So why people take stimulants if they're hyperactive? It, It sounds counterintuitive, but what the meds do is they boost the dopamine that we talked about earlier. Right and the norepinephrine, which is another one of those neurotransmitters that's involved with this. And I think if you're noticing that you feel like a zombie, that's one thing I hear a lot of people Mm. say, I don't want to take the meds because I feel like a zombie. Well, if that's how you feel or your child feels, they're not on the right medication. Or they're on too much. Could be. But there's several different medications to try. and It's not a one-dosage fits all situation. You have to have a patient doctor that will try different meds. If if the first one doesn't work for you, there's lots of different ones to try. Mm. And then once you get the right med, and I had to go through a couple of meds myself, the first one didn't work for me. 
And there are side effects to these meds. So you have to pay attention to it may be improving your ADD symptoms, but causing other side effects that you don't want. Right. And that's, that's part of the problem with the first one I was on. It's definitely not a one drug fits all or one dosage fits all. I don't say what drug I'm on because it's immaterial because what works for me probably wouldn't work for you. So I think the, the last thing is that even people that know me really well don't have any idea that I'm taking meds because it's not knocking me out. It's not making me hyper. It's just making me more focused. So you're aware because you can be productive easily. More easily. Well, As you say, I mean, you can't do everything with meds, but I do notice that I'm more focused and I can get more done. Well, and I think that right there is part of the key of managing ADD. The high performers out there, Richard Branson, for example, they have learned to manage things so that once they started managing with exercise and nutrition, were able to do things more easily. And it's the easier aspect that we are after with managing ADD. So how can people get a hold of you if, you're, if they're interested in uh, talking to you about their own needs for coaching or whatever? They can go to my website, liveinfocusedenergy.com. And I'll link to that on the show page. So we need to wrap up, but before we go, the one group of 80 deers we didn't really talk about is entrepreneurs. I mean, we said it's entrepreneurial right. and, and it promotes entrepreneurism. So who are some of the big names? In Richard Branson. That's right. He's uh, Virgin Airlines. Virgin Airlines, along a lot of other and, Virgin And Virgin things. everything else, yes, yeah. Right. He's a Virgin. Tony Robbins. Who's a big a, coach. A, empowerment the, coach. Uh, Bill Gates. That's probably the ultimate entrepreneur. I mean, he's... He and Steve Jobs, both. And Steve, yeah. of course, they can't confirm, but the experts are pretty sure Steve has had ADD. Yeah. Uh, Stephen Hawking. I'm not sure I'd list him as an entrepreneur, but he sure is an independent thinker. Yeah, and I know you said you didn't really want me to talk about the really ancient ADDers, but some of them I think are pretty fun and cool. All right, so who who do you want well, to add? I'm going to add Leonardo da Vinci. So how would we know that? Uh, the the experts, the researchers say that the amount of creativity he demonstrated, the diversity of creations he had, all of that leads to indicating ADD. Walt Disney, and both of them are really creative men. That's for sure. And Disney had a lot of different interests. I mean, not just cartoons, but live action movies, uh, the and theme parks. Amusement park, yeah. yeah. On and on. Uh, some of our big politicians, I mean, Winston Churchill, JFK, Alfred Hitchcock. I guess you could call him an entrepreneur. He was kind of an independent film producer. And he made some, Director. Yeah, so so those are some some. I could go on and on, but I won't out of respect for your request. I'm Randy Cassingham. And I'm Kit Cassingham. And we'll talk at you later. So there you go. You can tell that my wife keeps me on my toes, and I definitely keep her on her toes too. The bottom line here, ADD isn't a disorder if it actually helps your life and your profession. It has absolutely made it possible for me to do This Is True finding 10 or more articles each week that fit the points I want the publication to make and how to keep readers both entertained and thinking, and as often as possible, getting insight into how to strive toward uncommon sense. I couldn't have done it for nearly 25 years now, and counting, 
without the amazing focus and creativity I get from ADD. So if you or your kids have it, embrace it. Get help if you need it, but it can open the world for you or them. The show page has links and a place to comment at thisistrue.com slash podcast13. I'm Randy Cassingham, and I'll talk at you later.